Hello. Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. attention back to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and then into chapter 11 chapter 10 just to read again verses 38 and 39 the just shall live by faith but if anyone draws back my soul has no pleasure in him but we are not of those who draw back from draw back to perdition but of those who believe but of those who believe to the saving of the soul uh, verse chapter 11 now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Um, and I'm going to read just a few other verses in chapter 11. Um, let's look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who, received, who had received the promises offered up to his only begotten son, of whom it was said, And Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's rich, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And I want to skip over um, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she, was, when she had received the spies with peace. And what more can I, shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and, Bar and Barak and Samson and, and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. 
others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And these are just some select verses out of this entire section that deals with living by faith and those who lived by faith. I want to talk about maintaining the faith standard. Maintaining the faith standard. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, the power of your spirit, your power who rests upon us. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to stand and proclaim your word this morning. Thank you for your word uh, that you've given to us today that will not return to you void, but will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for this preaching moment. Thank you for everybody that's listening today. Thank you for those who've gathered uh, in this sanctuary uh, parking lot this morning. We welcome your presence. Be glorified. Anoint me afresh to deliver this word as you've given it to me. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Maintaining, maintaining the faith standard. Um, in the midst of warfare. In the midst of warfare. So, in the midst of the struggle that Christians are engaged in at any moment in time, uh, and in whatever form the struggle takes, it's important to know and remember that there is a standard which being in faith always has. We are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're saved by faith. We're justified by faith. We live by faith. We receive answers to prayer by faith. We move mountainous situations in our lives by faith. We overcome the world by faith. We experience victory in our lives by faith. Amen? And most importantly, we glorify God through faith. We honor God by faith. If what we do does not please and honor God, then we shouldn't do it. Amen. Regardless of what anyone else does, each individual Christian has a responsibility to live by faith and live by faith standard. By faith standard. Uh, this standard of faith, of course, is grounded in our belief in and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, as we think about the standard of faith, it's important to be admonished and encouraged to maintain the standard regardless of what it is that we're going through in our lives. It's very, very, very important. It does not negate the fact that we're going to have trials, struggles, and tribulations. It does not negate the fact that the enemy will attack us in various forms. And sometimes that form is through other people. Uh, it doesn't negate the fact that people will hate us. But regardless of what happens around us, it is important that we maintain the standard of faith, that we live by faith, that we walk in faith. Amen. And it can be difficult at times. Amen. We're human beings. We're, we're in the flesh. Amen. We're in the world. But we have to remember that the Lord wants us to know and always be reminded that we are not of the world. Amen. That we're not of the world. Uh, so it can be tough. It can be tough can be tough, and I'm not negating that fact. Sometimes you want to revert to the flesh, and honestly speaking, you know, yeah, yeah, you, 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 and we have to be honest about that, you know. When the Lord says, if they slap you on one cheek, turn the other, a lot of Christians are still saying, well, he didn't say what to do after you turn the other cheek, uh, and we say it jokingly and laughingly, but we have to remember what God expects us to maintain and what's most beneficial for us, not just for the present, but for the long term. Amen. Amen. So, and the Lord, the Lord has been burdened in my heart about this, and I'm sure you can, you can understand the reason 
uh, while the Lord has been burdened in my heart about this, especially in these volatile times and as we as we see what's happening in in the United States of America and what people are being reminded of around the world. Um, we have we have we have experienced blatant racism. And, you know, just yesterday we read about another case in Colorado. Uh, and you may know the young man's name. I can't recall it right now. And it was on the news this morning. Another young man just walking home. And because he fit the description of somebody who was a suspect, a black man, uh, three police officers accosted him, stopped him, and he ended up dead in the hospital. So we see this over and over again. And then, you know, you you, you see these people when you talk about Black Lives Matter, or Christians who don't want to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter and, and don't want to understand why we say this. You know, even though there may be a movement that that may be rooted in something different, for most of us, when we say that black lives matter, we're dealing with the fact that, that our lives matter and they shouldn't matter to everyone, just like your lives matter. Uh, we don't always have to say blue lives matter and white lives matter. Right now, what we're dealing with is a, is a system of racism in this country that has adversely affected African Americans. A pastor said to me the other day, he said, he said, you know, you have to think about it like this. When you go to the doctor, and you have a problem with your shoulder, it doesn't mean that your stomach doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that, that your arthritis doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that your diabetes don't matter. But right now, you have a problem with your shoulder that needs attention. Your shoulder is hurting. Your shoulder may be out of joint. Amen. You may have high blood pressure. You may have diabetes. You, 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 may, have, you, may, you may have had cancer. But right now, what you're dealing with right now is that your shoulder is being affected and needs attention. And, and so... so People who want to see and who want to understand, amen, should understand this. So, so you can see how this, this burdens me because even as, as we have to deal with all of this, we're still Christians. We're still Christians. We, 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 we still have to deal with things appropriately. There's a, there's a place we can't go to. Amen. There's a degree that we have to say, now this doesn't honor God. Amen. There's a degree. And it should be from both sides. Yeah, it should be from both sides. It should be from all sides. There's a degree. There's a degree to this thing that doesn't honor God. You know, how can how can the church sit back, you know, and watch Indians being marched? And I know this is history, but the Trail of Tears. How could the church sit back and just allow that to happen without saying, this does not honor God? These are people. These are human beings. You know, so we have a history of this, you know, and not just in the United States of America. Just just, just look at the history around the world. Now they're talking about, uh, I think the man's name is Mussolini in Italy, you know, and all of these other dictators. And, of course, now let me preach what the Lord gave me because I'm about to go somewhere else right now. <laughs> let me stick. To, let me stick. I'm about to just go, uh, go somewhere else. But you need to read history. You need to understand history. And then you'll see where a lot of this stuff came from, came to the United States from. And see where a lot of stuff is rooted in. But anyway, and also as I meditated upon this this week, you know, what the Lord said to me, and I, and I may have mentioned this a few weeks ago, uh, the Lord says that we have to be careful in this time that we don't lose focus uh, because if we lose focus and get so caught up into this without keeping our focus on faith, this will adversely affect our faith. Mm. And and the Lord continued to impress upon my heart that while we're dealing with this particular issue, people, believers in particular, still have pressing issues going on in their own lives. Yeah, yeah, people are still going through depression. 
Yeah, and they need help. They need hope. Pe- marriages are still in trouble, and they need they need people need help. You know, they need hope. People are still sick and need healing. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, people, people need the peace of God in their lives. People are people are struggling with temptation and the attacks of the enemy in their personal lives. People are still dealing with financial struggles and so much more. So if we get sidetracked and only focus in one area, we're going to leave a lot of other areas uncovered and unaddressed and unaddressed. And this is where maintaining the faith standard comes in. And this is a challenge to every born-again believer. This is the challenge to everyone who, who connects themselves with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a challenge for everyone who calls him or herself a Christian. We have to maintain the faith standard in whatever it is that we're going through. And we're going to go through things in this life. In the world, you will have tribulation. That is told to us in Scripture. Amen. Amen. We're going to have it. So just because we're dealing with this seemingly made, this major issue in that, fa- that is facing our country, let's not forget to live by faith every day of our lives. Amen. And, 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 and allow the faith standard to challenge us at whatever point we are in our lives. Yeah, because it's easy to, to slide over to the political side. It's easy to slide over to the social side and get so caught up that you fail to focus on your own spirituality, your own spiritual growth, your own spiritual development. Amen. So while you're reading, while you're posting, while you're getting angry, remember to pray. Amen. Remember to read the Bible. Remember to focus in on God. Amen. We have to remember that our enemy, that Satan, amen, is ever present and he he is very, very crafty. He'll take advantage of any opportunity to trip us up or to cause us to fall or to cause us to become distracted and weak in faith. Amen. He disguises himself as an angel of light. Amen. So remember that now. Remember that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, which means that he disguises himself as an angel of good. Remember that. Remember that. And he does that so that he can come into our slither into our lives and wreak havoc in our lives. And in the lives of our children and in the lives of our grandchildren. Amen. So therefore, we are admonished to be watchful. Amen. To be sober or level-headed or clear-thinking in this life, in this struggle, in this warfare that we are engaged in. Because it is vital for us. It is vital for our witness to the world. The harvest is still ripe, but the laborers are still few. Amen. It is vital for the sake of the kingdom of God. It is vital for those souls that still need to be saved, and they need a clear message coming from believers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maintain, maintain the faith standard. Paul reminds us in in Philippians chapter 10, verses 3 following, he says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God, are divinely empowered for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Therefore, as we read the scripture, and you read the, the, the context of the scripture, amen, the our position in every battle, in every struggle, in every confrontation in life is from the vantage point of faith and the faith. Amen. Our position is always that. So we, we're never 
And, and what Paul points out in this chapter as he writes is that he does show us the dichotomy. He shows us that, that we are in warfare, that there is an enemy. So, so knowing that the enemy is there is real. You know, ignorance can be an enemy. Ignorance can be a real enemy. That's why you need to, need to educate yourself on a whole lot of things. Amen? Don't, and I, I share with a friend of mine, don't just overlook things. Don't just pass over things. There are things you need to watch, you know? And, and I was thinking about this, and, and Lord help me, because here I go again. And I was thinking about this thing. You know, so, 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 so you, you want to listen to your perspective of the news, and it's your perspective. What makes your perspective right and my perspective wrong? What makes your perspective right and history wrong? So, so if we are not careful, if we are not very careful, we will err on the enemy's side. And we will perpetuate a system of evil that God does not honor, does not love. And we will continue to treat our brothers and sisters as though they do not matter. Yeah. So as we look at our text for today... It highlights a very important fact, and that fact is the just, those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, those who've given our our lives to Christ, we live by faith. And we do not cast away our confidence in God because that very confidence in God has great reward. Don't cast away your confidence because you see what has happened in, in, in in our community in particular, is that we have a lot of people, a lot of young black men especially, and and a lot of young women probably, who've cast away their confidence in the God of the Bible. Who've cast away their confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. When people say, the God you serve is a white man's God, and I don't want to have anything to do with that. They have forgotten, they don't know the revelation of the God of the Bible. What they've seen is what the church has represented in the name of the God of the Bible. But we have a, we have, we have a challenge here in the scripture. Don't cast away your confidence, your faith in God, because... It has great reward. How many of us know? This is his old saying. God does not come when you want him. But he comes on time, in time. How many of us know that God will make a way out of nowhere? How many of us know that God will move in situations and circumstances? Many times if we have preconceived notions of how God will move, he may not necessarily move in that manner, but he will move. And if we live long enough, and and sometimes people don't want to wait, but waiting is a process. If you live long enough, you find out that God knows what he's doing. And God has a time set to deal with a whole lot of issues, situations, and circumstances in this life. Does not mean, and I am not saying that we do not stand and speak against unrighteousness, that we don't speak against injustice, that we don't speak against inequity. That's a fight that we have to engage in on all fronts. But we continue to live by faith. We don't shut ourselves up in our houses and just pray. We educate ourselves and we speak. We cast down arguments according to what truth says. Don't, 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 don't meet an error and keep your mouth closed. Casting down arguments and every hard thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We've interpreted that to deal with in our own minds. But this goes further than my own mind. Apologetics deals with defending the faith, not just in your own mind, but as you meet people who are, who, who are inaccurate in their faith, are people who are attacking the faith. So it doesn't mean that we just sit down and we're quiet and we pray all the time. You might be in Walmart. And I'm not, 
Let me preach what the Lord told me to preach. We don't draw back from our position. We don't draw back from our position. We endure and we stand in faith to the saving of souls. You see, you see that there is something that is always important to the heart of God. And that are souls that must be saved. Always, 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 always. So even in persecution, Christians were admonished to stand in faith because there are souls that need to be saved. So, so what, how, the, the, the way you answer situations, the way you deal with situations is always from a vantage point of faith. Faith honors God. And this 11th chapter helps us see this. When nothing else can move something, faith will move it. Do we believe that? Jesus told his disciples when he came by that fig tree, it wasn't even the time for the fig tree to bear fruit, but there was no fruit on the tree. And he cursed the, the tree, and it withered up. By the next morning, it withered and died. Now, if I cut the root of that tree, it's not going to wither up by tomorrow morning. But Jesus spoke something about the power of faith. He said, if you believe, if you have the faith, the size of a grain of mustard seed, just the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be moved, and it will move into the midst of the sea. Now, that's the kind of faith that we should be wanting. God is letting us know he's given us the power to move things. If we're not careful and we get caught up in, in dealing with things the wrong way, then things don't move. They don't move. Yeah. Paul says this about spiritual warfare. Okay. Paul says, and I guess I'm trying to run from the sun, but I may as well stop running, get over to get finished with this message. <laughs> Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 11. We know all of that scripture. Read it. And then he says, before he goes into the, the, the armor, he says, and having done all, stand. When you've done everything else you know to do, stand. What kind of standing is he talking about? He's talking about standing in faith, standing alert, standing fearless, standing resolute in faith. Our desire is not to have victory over the enemy so that we can gloat. Our desire is to have victory over the enemy so that God is glorified and God's kingdom is advanced. So we need to maintain the faith standard. And when we do, Jehovah, Jehovah Sabaoth, the captain of the armies of heaven, wow. will move on our behalf. Stand in faith. So, so, so in all of our human efforts, we need God. And all of the processing and all of, and all of, uh, 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 of the, 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 the rioting and all of the stand, we need God. And the only way we, 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 we open up this thing for God to move in our situation is that we stand in faith. And we maintain the faith standard. So what I see, what did the Lord show me in, this, in the, these scriptures that will help us maintain this faith standard? First thing that the Lord showed me as I was reading, reading this 11th chapter of, of, um, of Hebrews is that these people were convinced that God, that Yahweh, that Elohim was the only true and living God. Now, now, now that's important. That's very important. You know, you read, you read through this chapter and, and God is mentioned throughout the chapter. They, when you talk about faith, 
faith is being convinced and having confidence in God. That's why, that's why uh, the writer said, don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast it away. These people were convinced that, that God was the true, the only true and the living God. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, than Cain uh, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God, God testifying. He's talking about the God of the Bible, the God revealed to us in Scripture. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. All right? He was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. God. The true, the living God, the God who revealed himself. And for us, the God who reveals himself, first of all, through scriptures and then through Jesus Christ. We are to have no other God before us. There is only one true and living God. And we have to be convinced that, 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 that Yahweh, that Elohim, that El Shaddai, in every way he's manifested himself and revealed himself in the scriptures, that he is the true and the living God. If we're going to maintain the faith standard, it starts right there. If the devil can get you to doubting that God is the true and the living God, he's moved you from the foundation of your faith. Or he's cracked your foundation. And if the foundation is cracked, after a while the building will begin to shift. And you do not want to shift. Stand on the fact that you serve the true and the living God, the only true and the living, the only living God. People have made gods out of, out of other people. They've made gods out of wood. They've made God out of stone. They've made gods out of, out of, out of money. But there is only one true and one living God. Be very careful as you look at this capitalistic system that has made money God. You'd rather have money. People say it takes money to care about people, but when you start doing the things that we see happening in the world in this country today, the basis of it is money. And the love of money is the what? Root of all evil. A lot of evil has been perpetrated because of the love of money. There is only one true and one living God. Don't ever allow your foundation to be cracked by listening to the philosophies of man. Second point. These people, these people, as I looked at this scripture, and hear me good on this, all right? They pressed into the moment believing that God would give them victory. They pressed into the moment. Whatever it is that, was, that they were going through, whatever, whatever it is that was happening at that particular time in their lives, and notice that when you read this 11th chapter, it spans a long period of time. Okay, it goes from the beginning with Cain and Abel all the way to Christians that were being persecuted because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But whatever they were going through, they pressed into the moment believing that God would give them victory. What do I mean by this? Well, I said earlier that we are not of those who draw back. All right. We are of those who keep moving forward even when we don't see the outcome. So, so Paul says in chapter 10, he says, we are not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of souls. All right, all right. We and, and so I want I want us to get that picture of not drawing back. Okay, all right. That's that's very important. Not 
retreating, but pushing through, pushing and pressing into the moment, okay? These examples we see in scriptures are some of those who didn't draw back even in the most adverse and most trying circumstances. Just read it. Just read it. Abraham was tested by being asked to offer up Isaac, his only son, as a sacrifice. Abraham was an old man when he received the promise of a son by his wife, Sarah. And once the child is born, now God says, I want you to offer him up to me as a sacrifice. The Bible doesn't say Abraham protested. The Bible says Abraham got his servant, got his donkey, saddled the donkey, put the wood on, took the vessel with the fire in, took Isaac. Got to the mountain, Abraham told his servant, stay here while we go up. Notice Abraham said, we're coming back. His only son, I can't imagine, and I've said this before, I can't imagine God asking me to do that. And I can't imagine you sit there saying to me, God, daddy, I see the wood, I see the fire, but where is the sacrifice? Can you imagine? Can you imagine, Kenton, can you imagine Carter? Luttrell, can you imagine Nolan asking you? Can you? Daddy, Nokia, can you imagine Gabe asking you? Mama, I see the wood. I see the fire, but where is the sacrifice? But the Bible doesn't say that Abraham drew back. Abraham said, son, the Lord will provide. And he didn't stop right there. He built the altar. He tied his son. He laid his son on the altar. Before he saw God's intervention, he didn't draw back. Are you hearing? He didn't draw back. He pressed into the moment. Moses' parents pressed into the moment. Pharaoh had given the edict because he saw that the, that the Hebrew uh, people were, were multiplying in Egypt. He said, one day they're going to outnumber us and they might overthrow us and may take, a, take control of our country. <laughs> Do y'all hear anything similar? So the powers that be, listen, a lot of the stuff that has happened in the United States of America to African Americans, to Black Americans, to Indian Americans, to Hispanic Americans, have been ordered by the government. Well, God was speaking before now. <laughs> Amen. I just needed to say that. Yeah, yeah. Ordered by the government. I mean, I mean, you just see stuff lining up in Scripture when you read it. Ordered that the Hebrew boys be killed, told them, told the midwives. Two of them, two of them that are mentioned, I guess they were the only midwives, but maybe they were the head midwives and others. So when those Hebrew women have babies, I want you to kill the boys. Let the girls live, but kill the boys. Why, why let the girls live? Well, you got to have a seed. You got to have a seed. You just can't have an egg and come up with a pregnancy. You got to have seed. So let's kill the seed producer. We don't see what has happened to all of our black young men down through history that have been emasculated, that have been dehumanized, that have systematically been locked up in jail. We can, we can, we can, we can err on the side of saying, well, they, they need to get their lives together. They need to get their act right. You know, there are other black young men that don't go to jail. You don't know a person's history. You don't know the mentality that's, uh, uh, the, 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 um, and I may not be saying this word correctly, but, but the, and I'll say it like I started to say, the mentality that has been passed on down through the ages, or down through generations, from great-grandfather to grandfather to father. You don't know. 
One day my mama was talking to me about uh, some of our relatives and, and, and some of, not, not my immediate family, but, but some of them might, might have been immediate. But she talked about how mean some of the men were to their wives. And she said, a large part of it is because of how white men treated them. She told me of instances where right in Blair, South Carolina, there's a, none of, none of y'all ever been there, but Blair, there's a place in Blair that actually has a post office. At one time it had two stores. It had, had a gas tank at this store and a gas tank at that store. And you know, that and had a, had a train depot, but it's at the river. So you go down into there and there's a circle that comes back out. She said, they would make those boys fight one another and laugh about it. She said, much of the meanness that we've seen to the women in our family have come from the way white people made these boys mean. And she was talking from her history, some cousins that I didn't even know about. But I know because I heard, and Lord, if you're listening to me today, please forgive me for saying this. Nobody know who you are, all right? But one of my cousins said, we went to a funeral, and I was talking to her, and she said, she was talking to me. She said, I've often wondered why my life has been so hard. And I can tell you about her life. Because her, sec- her youngest brother and I are the same age. And I can tell you about the difference in the way their family was raised and our family was raised. And so sometimes when we look at people and, and they, 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 they end up on drugs and they end up on alcohol and we see families, we see generations that do the same thing and follow the same patterns. Where did it come from? And that's why psychology has to play a big part in the healing in our nation and the healing in our community. It's no excuse, but we need to understand if we're really going to help people. So when you're dealing with people who are struggling with issues, you got to understand where they come from and what they've gone through. Ah. Pharaoh ordered the death. We see in America the systematic ordering of African-American men to be dehumanized, to be emasculated, to be sent to jail by droves. So what does it leave? It leaves children without a father. What does it produce? It produces a mindset that I don't need a man to help me raise my children. All I need is the system, and the system doesn't really care. The system can't raise children. Now, I know I'm generalizing about, about that, but I want you all to just think about that. Think about it. Yeah. So, 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 so. So what did Moses' mother and father, Jacob, Jacob, Bed, and Amran, it doesn't mention it in Exodus chapter 3, but that's who their parents are, his parents were. The Bible says that they saw that the child was beautiful. Now, that sounds really vain, okay, when you see that. But, but you have to understand that in, in that Eastern mindset, a, 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 a fine child, a, 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 a handsome child, and the King James is goodly. It, it was a, for many parents. It was a, it was a sign of God of divine favor resting on that child. Some way, somehow, they saw that Moses was no ordinary child, so they wouldn't throw him into the river so that the crocodiles could eat him up or the alligators could eat him up. She formed a basket waterproof basket and she put the child in it and set it in the river and his sister watched it until Pharaoh's daughter at the time when she put him in came down for bathing in the river and drew Moses out of the river. God was in, in the process. Those people acted on faith in God. They pressed into the moment. They didn't give up like other people did and just threw their babies into the river to be drowned. But they pressed in. They pressed in. Saints, 
if we are going to, or as we maintain our standard of faith, we have to press into the moment. And many other scriptures, and I don't have time, I won't take time to go through this, but read it. I read it earlier. Go back and read it. Persecution does not mean you give up. Affliction does not mean that you give up. Struggle warfare does not mean that you give up. You press into the moment believing that God will give you victory. So I'm not preaching a message of docility, if if that's the right word. I am not preaching a message of non-engagement. But in our engagement, we stand in faith. Amen. We maintain the standard of faith, glory to God. Amen. We develop, amen, according to faith standards, the arguments that will be cast, the the refutations to those arguments that will cast those arguments down. Stand up for righteousness. We stand up for justice. We stand up for peace. And when we're going through personally, because this is not a just about not just about what this nation is going through right now. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. So as you're going through in your personal lives, as you're facing depression and anxiety and all other kinds of things, press into the moment, believing that God will give you the victory. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Last thing. Last thing, and and I'm going to be done. And this may seem non-important to people today, but I'm going to tell you it's important. These people in the scripture, they looked toward heaven. They looked toward heaven. I mean, it's it's, it's pointed out in the scripture. Uh, It says, uh, let me find it right quick, because I marked one Bible and I brought another one. Hallelujah. Verse verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. Hmm. Were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. What are you seeking? Does your life stop right here? Is this all? They seek, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have they would have had opportunity to return. We're not of those that draw back. So even as we preach. Even as we teach, even as we live by faith, we have to be careful that we don't focus on where we came from. Spiritually, as you deal with the things spiritually, as you deal with the attacks of the enemy spiritually, get your mind off of what God brought you out of. There was a focus that you need to have. Okay, But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he, is, he has prepared a city for them. Baby, don't discount heaven. Don't take your eyes off heaven. Young people, you may think you're going to live to be six or seven, and God knows I'd be happy if you live to be 110. But never take your eyes off of heaven. Never take your eyes off of heaven. We used to sing a song. We used to sing a song that says, um, I've, I've got heaven in my view. While my journey I pursue, I never will turn back. I've got heaven in my view. Praise the name of Jesus. So in the midst of what you're going through, you got to have the right focus. You got to have a heavenly focus. You got to know that this world is not your home. You got to know that what you're going through is not the end, is not all. There is a better place. There's a better day coming after a while. Better day coming after a while. Oh, yes. Keeping our focus on the more. So, Father, excuse me, for the Christian, it's important to keep heaven in our view. 
Heaven being the place where we will spend eternity. Where we'll spend eternity. Right now, we have the first fruits of eternal life. We have the guarantee. Because you're saved, because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have the guarantee of eternal life. You want more than the guarantee. One day you want to enter heaven. One day you want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. One day. You want to hear God say, you've been faithful over a few things. Come on up higher. I will make you rule over many. One day. Don't get, don't get caught up and snared and only focus on this world. This is not escapist theology. This is true. And all that those believers went through, they kept heaven in their view. Yeah, yeah. And everything you're going through, nothing is worth losing eternal salvation. Nothing is worth risking eternal salvation. Doesn't mean that we don't stand up for what's right. It means that we fight the good fight of faith. It doesn't mean that we don't become angry because of evil and injustice leveled against us. It means that we get angry, but we don't sin. Because heaven is our ultimate goal. We want to walk in the wisdom of God so that we don't offend God. If I don't offend God, I won't offend you. You hear me? If I'm careful not to offend God, I will not offend you unless you're out of the will of God. I better say it like that. Because if you're out of the will of God, then if I take God's stand, you will be offended. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy for our carnal nature to rise up in us so strongly that we cast off all restraints and we go in this thing headlong. It's easy for the flesh to take control. Somebody cuss you out, you get tired of them cussing, you cuss back. Seems like cussing, I don't know, I guess cussing, cursing, cussing, whatever word you want to use, makes people feel more powerful. I don't know. It's easy to get caught up into this thing and go into it headlong and start fighting fire with fire, which is different from developing an argument that casts down, developing theology that casts down arguments. So easy. But this is just how powerful the sin nature is. God's concern for us is that we don't lose our focus of who we are and what we are called to be in this world. To help us do that, we have to have a vision of heaven. Without a vision, people cast off restraints. Without a vision, people cast off restraints. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have to keep the vision of heaven. Keep the vision of eternal life. Because eternal life for the Christian means that we're going to be with Jesus. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Keeping this vision of eternal life means that we please our Lord, that we please our King, so that one day we're going to hear the Lord say, well done. This life is going to end one day, right? It's appointed on the man wants to die, and after death to judgment. So Hebrews gives us this long list of people who suffered greatly in this world at the hands of wicked people and having hatred leveled against them. Yet these people didn't deny the faith. In the midst of their struggles, in the midst of the hardships, in the midst of the injustice leveled at them, they maintained the faith standard. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and assured of them, they embraced them. They desired a better country. They desired a heavenly country. Therefore, God is, listen to what it says. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I don't want God to be ashamed of me. I don't want God to be ashamed to be called my God because of the positions I take in life and the things I do in life. And especially in this time, 
So in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the process, in the midst of the resistance, the systematic racism that has hurt us and that, that's kept oppressing us and marginalizing us in this nation, in the midst of all of this, get all the education you can get. Arm yourself with knowledge. Get wisdom, get knowledge, and all you're getting, get an understanding. Yeah. See, some people are leaving off the understanding part. They're angry. They're mad. And they now they want to dominate white people. This is not about domination. You want to reverse the roles. This is about the will of God being done. Don't forget to study your Bible. Don't forget to engage in all of the other spiritual principles that will keep you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Keep your focus on your ultimate goal. This life is going to end one day. Somebody left this morning. Y'all remember, y'all remember, the, you know, the old people had some songs, y'all. Somebody left this morning on that morning train. There are some songs that relate to the, the experience of life. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Keep heaven in your view. Keep eternal life in Christ on the forefront of your mind. There is a place that Jesus has prepared for us. Aim to get there. Aim to get there. That's my aim. I want to enter heaven. I want to hear the Lord say, well done. Don't allow the evils of this world to take your attention away from your focus. Don't allow the heat of the moment to take your attention away from your focus. Don't cast your confidence in God away. For your confidence in God has promised a great reward. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Maintain the faith standard in this struggle. Whatever aspect of the struggle you're in, because see, you may not necessarily be so concerned about what's happening in society, but there may be something personal going on in your life. And you may be concerned about what's going on in society, but there's still some personal issues some personal struggles, some difficulties that you're having in your life. Maintain the faith standard. Focus on that. Focus on that. Focus on that. So, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. Father, we're facing some difficult times. But God, help us to know. Help us to be reminded that you are still God. That you are the true, that you're the living God. That you see everything there is to see. You know everything that there is to know. You have a time set to deal with issues and circumstances and situations in this world. Help us to press into the moment to never give up in the struggle against sin, struggle against injustice and inequality, and help us to keep heaven in our view. Bless your people now. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you also we would like for you to sow into this ministry if you've been blessed by this work 
by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.